Hello and welcome to the Business of Betting podcast. Today I'm joined by David Vitali, Data Analytics Consultant and Managing Director of StatFreaks. David, thank you very much for coming on. Before we get into this episode, make sure you follow us on Twitter, at BettingPod, and check out the website, businessofbetting.com. Guest suggestions are much appreciated. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Betfair Proprietary Limited. Betfair operates a betting exchange and is licensed in the Northern Territory of Australia. Residents of Australia can join Betfair by visiting betfair.com.au and support this podcast by using promo code BOBPOD. Please gamble responsibly. So thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy this episode of the Business of Betting podcast. Today I'm joined by David Vitali, Data Analytics Consultant and Managing Director of StatFreaks. David, thank you very much for coming on. Thanks, Jake. It's uh, glad to glad to be a part of the the, uh, the journey, and um, looking forward to the to the session. Me too. Yeah, no, there's a, a lot of importance to utilizing sports data and in general data, whether whether it is racing or sports. So I'm looking forward to dig into some of that before we. We dig into that in more detail. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about your background and, I guess, your progression to get towards Stat Freaks and and some of the consulting that you're currently doing? Sure. Um, so, probably dating back to around the uh, 2008 uh, era, I uh, I started my journey as a corporate analytics architect, and I I worked in the two of the largest logistics and dairy farmers sort of corporations in Australia, working with a lot of, we'll call it back then, the buzzwords were big data um, and, and analytics. And it was early on, I think in 2011, where I, I came across an individual uh, named Vince Accardi who introduced me to horse racing uh, data. And, and uh, Vince was uh, a, a very um, important person looking back now to, to come across because it, he introduced me to obviously racing and sectional times, and and then since that that journey of meeting Vince, I I've sort of uh, transitioned into a, a professional consulting um, role. Where in 2016 I I left the corporate world and, and started doing full time consulting as a as a data analytic consultant, and and through that journey um, over the past you know three four years of I've helped organisations like Daily Sectionals, Vince Accardi, uh, optimise inter- his internal systems, the databases. You know, we, we've built some really, really cool products like the Race Speed Profile. Um, I've been involved with helping racing organisations around Australia move data to racing bodies, to Racing Victoria, Racing Western Australia. Help organisations like the theraceclub.com.au. Um, some guys you've had on the podcast previously, like Luke Murrell from Australian Bloodstock, um, help them optimise their systems and, and work with, with data. And also a lot of other professionals in the industry, partners, investors, um, really around training them how to use data, how to manage it, how to governance. And there is a lot of data these days and it's only growing, so it becomes overwhelming. Um, so that's become now 
probably my, my full-time role and, and how my background sort of has come about and transitioned into the the industry. Uh, growing up, I've always been interested in sports. Being Melbourne-based in, in Australia, was heavily involved, you know, following AFL football. Um, and I used to do a lot of go-karting, amateur go-karting, where I would track a lot of my own data from the telemetry. And, and I was working with data from probably around – 2004-2003 from a speed perspective with data Um, so that's my background with the corporate consulting and and a bit about my journey and then uh, in 2008 um, we sort of launched uh, we had I've had a group of sort of individuals where we I've got a database developer I've worked with Uh, we we transitioned into stat freaks which was a um, the purpose of this is to help us spread spread insights and information into into the industry uh you know via, via our products and services and and things like that wow that's quite the cv a lot to unpack there i want to ask about what's the one thing you notice when you go in on day one hour one when you're consulting whether it's a you mentioned some uh businesses before or even individuals and, and people potentially whether it is a race club or it might be a sporting team, for example, uh, it might be just a general business. What's one of the things they get wrong or you can immediately identify and say, yep, this is something that's commonly done and it's not ideal or optimal and I'm going to start with fixing that or it's high on the priority list? Well, that's a great question and the answer would be too much data to handle. So the overwhelming um, impact of collecting and, and using data there becomes almost every client every organization I deal with there it's very easy to collect data and then you quickly run into a situation then how do I manage it how do I put it into the right database or format how do I join it what tools do I use who's going to help me what type of people do I need to manage the whole system whether it's an organization or from the individual punter, what type of tools are available to me um, and what do I need to learn to to help me manage this volume of data, which, which as I mentioned earlier, it just, it's growing every day there's new data. It's, it's, a, it's a crazy journey. So then what's the next step? Is it best to throw everything out and start again, especially if you are a sole, sole proprietor or a small business and you can potentially, you know, reconstruct. And I, I know you mentioned before about the the role as a corporate analytics architect. Can you essentially wipe the slate clean and then start again and start from fresh, or do you need to piece by piece change your process, your structure, and some of your infrastructure around what you're doing? Um, another great question. I, I suppose uh, from a high level, I, I like to look at things in its simplest form. Being an architect, you sort of need to step back out of the the noise uh, and say to yourself, right, how do I deal with this situation? So it would be as simple as your data is, is, as, is as important and um, needs to be organised as if you organise the house that you live in or the, or the office that you work in. So if you've got a messy office or a messy, ho- a messy house or a garage, for example, and things are scattered everywhere, when you need to go pick something up or find it in, in, a, in optimal time without wasting any precious time, if things are unorganised and and not filed away correctly, it can take a long time to organise or to, to retrieve that information. So I always go in there and say, don't throw anything out. 
let's start going piece by piece and organising at the top what the most important information is right down to the very bottom where it's the nice to have. And, yes, we'll collect it, but we won't use it for another five years and we may not never use it, but that's okay. At least we can store it somewhere safely where we need it. Uh, and that, that's usually the plan of attack. We break it down into priority and say, right, let's work with this data first. Let's organise this bit of information, clean it up, make it retrievable, make it accurate, nice and neat, put it in the right platform so we can access it for the future, and away we go from there. I'm curious about how you transferred or transported from the corporate world and trying to figure out big data and analytics in some other industry to the sports and racing world. Was it a easy or a seamless transition or was it something you were edging towards for many years and you finally sort of pulled the trigger, for want of a better phrase, and, and then started doing it and it started to work out pretty well? <laughs> it, it was it was the pull the trigger in, in uh, 2016. It was um, obviously working as a side so working corporate, I then had the side job of, of, of helping individuals and organisations uh, like Daily Sectionals, um, working with the racing data. And, and it, it's strange, you, you know, I'd go to, I'd go to work every day and, and as much as I love my job and, you know, the, the organisations I worked with were fantastic, I always couldn't wait to finish the day to get home to play with the data or work on something I was working for a company within racing and sports. Um, and and it just, I think I, I had a conversation uh, with, with a mentor in, in 2015 and it was convincing enough for me, also listening to a lot of podcasts of other individuals that for me to transition into the industry, I need to take that leap of faith, which was um, to step out from the corporate world. You know, you, you do, you take a pay cut. Reality is you don't, you, you know, you take a pay cut and, and off you go and, and you work really hard in the industry and, and you know, building relationships. And, and I've just been lucky enough since uh, taking that, that step and pulling the pin that every individual and organisation I've worked with, you know, the, the, this industry, especially racing, they're, they're very tight um, in the way they do things and the way they work together, a tight bunch of, bunch, of, bunch of people and the groups are very well supportive of each other. And they've all got a common goal they want to achieve, and it's it's been uh, quite pleasant for me to to help these organisations and individuals uh, achieve their goals um, and work towards improving themselves and their and their information. Um, so that's yeah, that that's where where I've sort of landed um, now with that situation. So, how much of the corporate experience have you been able to utilise from a translation to what you're currently doing now is it fair to say that what you were doing back then is really useful and relevant for some of the stuff you're trying to do in betting and racing and sports one 100 yeah it definitely is um, the, the first thing is from the working in a corporate environment I, I used to you know deal with a lot of large groups of people um, at different levels of skill set when it comes to working with data um, i was able to transition that directly into the industry because a lot of the individuals and professionals are trying to work with data. Um, so that was that was one of the, the probably the key things I was able to transition. Then working with large data sets, big data was the buzzword back then, that was another thing which I could transition into to racing and sports because there is just more and more data every, every week, every day. 
Um, so a lot of the tools and a lot of the practices and governance procedures and methods I used in the corporate world every day, I, I bring with me um, when, when, when I when I work with racing and sports data, and it's um, it, it's absolutely almost everything bar the the, the data type we could say. So, uh, but the the concepts of concepts are the same. Um, even when I'm helping some organisations or individuals working out their return on investment, profit on turnover. I used to do that kind of reporting in corporate, you know, in the finance area. So it was really the same sort of way to calculate, um, you know, uh, just different different data. We're, we're dealing with sports, which, you know, it, it, in my opinion, it's a lot more fun to work with. Yeah, absolutely. So I hear you are a bit of a fan of the Formula One circuit and, and you touched on a little bit about your earlier days in the, the go-karting world. What can you tell me about? I I literally have no idea what the... Uh, the betting scene is like for F1. I assume it's a bit more of a niche area. Let's put it that way. Is that fair to say, or how how is the the F1 betting scene? Oh, it is. If if you're Amer- if you're US based and you're Australian based, it is. It's not so much on the radar too much because it's a, more of a European, uh, or has been for many years driven by the European markets. But it definitely is an area where. If you know, if you follow the sport very, very closely, you can find an edge over the market very, very quickly, even without too much data. Um, from my experience with a lot of go-karting at a young age, there's machine and man. So it's very different to a horse where you've got a, uh, another sort of living specimen and then a jockey riding it. So you've got two living specimens together. This is man and machine together. Um, and it's, it's very predictable in, in many aspects. To give you an example, you know, the, the past two years, there's been no other car that's won a race apart from Ferrari, Mercedes or Red Bull. Um, so if you're doing markets out of 100%, you can exclude almost 70, 60% of the field because majority of the time is those cars are going to win because the machinery is better. Um, and then there's there's drivers that are elite drivers and then they're in elite machinery um, like Lewis Hamilton and, you know, every race last year he scored points in every single race. 100% of the time. And in 2017, he scored 95% of the time in this one race um, of scoring points. And then there's markets available around around which drivers will score points. In F1, it's um, the pricing is very, you know, there's a lot of short odds, um, but we're dealing with machinery and, and drivers and, you know, the, the statistics around around F1 are very, very sharp. Um, and these guys are the best in the world, and the machinery is the best in the world. So it's uh, it's not like a, a horse where you can and a, and a jockey. You don't you don't in racing you don't get to really see. I mean, we get you get data and, and you can see how a horse is going to transition into a race. You know, they ran three weeks ago. What was their form? Um, but you don't actually know uh, really as a punter what condition that physical horse is in. Um, or is a jockey's mindset okay? See, in F1, they have a practice session on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. They got qualifying. You can actually see from those sessions which cars are suited to the track, which drivers are in the zone this weekend, which cars are working better with their tyres. 
um, it, it's a, it's it's you get a there's a whole abundance of information just to be able to 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 gather from those sessions and then there's the other really really niche area which is the contracts of drivers in teams so for example last or well, the past three four years there's been Ferrari which has had Sebastian Vettel and Kimi Räikkönen now those who follow F1 deeply know that Kimi Räikkönen in his contract he's a number two driver so preference is that in every race, his goal is to support Sebastian Vettel to win the races. And there's been times where we've watched races and Kimi Raikkonen's had to move out of the way for Vettel to come in. So that's a, a really important bit of intel that needs to be tracked because going into a market, you can almost, if you're framing with six cars, Ferrari, Mercedes, Red Bull, you can almost take out Kimi Raikkonen um, in certain situations because He's not going to win a race because he, he he's contracted to to come second to his team teammate. It's uh <laughs> it's it's really really uh, uh sort of uh predictable, but then you know the, the markets are really tight, so you need to squeeze what you can out of understanding the sport. Um, and there's some of the things which I think over the next year or two we want to really bring into stat freaks and and expose that kind of logic and thinking and information and really help people understand the dynamics of it. So in other parts of the world where it's more of a prevalent sport, uh, you know, places like Italy and, and other parts of Europe where it's much more popular or it's top-tier sport, is there betting markets available where you can get enough money down to make it worthwhile or have a large enough sample size of, you know, I'm guessing these, you know, a lot of the favorites might be a dollar twenty, a dollar forty, or or in those ranges. Is it worthwhile for putting in that time to understand it? I, I think I think it is. Um, I, I think it's. Uh, I, last year I monitored the the Betfair market. Um, most of the, the 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 pool sizes and sort of the, the really comes around on on race day and in qualifying. Um, a lot of the bookmakers as well, uh, they do have markets for, you know, how, how it, will a driver finish a race? Will there be a safety car who won't finish a race? Who will finish in the top 10? Who will finish on the podium? Um, you know, the, obviously the championship at the end of the year. And, you know, there are markets available out there and almost every bookmakers, uh, the major bookmakers will have a market for F1 um, and they are worth exploring. Um, depending uh, how much you can actually get in and get out, uh, it still needs, you know, obviously need to gather that information. But from last year, I could see that really around the main event, which is the race and qualifying, um, there, there is, you know, I think uh, close to maybe 100,000 plus, in maybe more, um, depending on, on, on the race meeting. Um, but there are, as I said, there are markets out there for it, definitely. You see the numbers. You want more control. On the Betfair Exchange, you can back, lay, trade, and set your own odds. So join the world's largest peer-to-peer betting platform. Get into the game within the game at betfair.com.au. Gamble responsibly. So what's the mission statement for StatFreaks? Well, the mission statement from StatFreaks is to, you know, spread the power of insights and information. So the goal is... Uh, officially, we opened in 2000, well, we went public in 2018 as a as an organisation, and uh, we want to ensure that the information and insights we provide, um, a, a self service, 
uh, and we will do that by our products, by providing virtual data tables. So a lot of the time you've been having a discussion with someone and, and you know, they'll say, oh, you know, well, so-and-so wins 25% of the time when he settled at the 800 at this track. Well, let, we want to be able to provide tables where you can quickly go look up those answers and say, oh, yeah, actually, that's true. He does. Um, and these are tables that you can log on, you can analyse yourself with some filters, you can export it to Excel, and that's the, the power right there, exporting it and keeping it yourself and, and building your own repository to then further you know, hone in on your own analysis. So uh, that, that's one of the ways we want to spread the in, insights and information, um, and, and that's part of our mission. And the other one is obviously through education via tutorials, um, training sessions, and um, the education process of using data and information. So what's your approach and strategy behind getting adoption from the pattern pencil punter who's been doing it the same way for a long time, who grabs the form guide out of the newspaper or buys the winning post or best bets and circles different things and, and that type of punter to get them across to utilize some of the things you have or, or what type of efforts are you going to take to try and convert that type of person? Great question. Uh, that is something, well, if I can touch on individuals I've helped in the past with, with very similar situations where they'd, they'd contact me via either my consulting company, which is uh, vitsolutions.com.au, and they'll say, hey, Dave, I, I currently do this manually. Um, I go to the paper or I, I've got a subscription with a data company like Daily Sectionals um, or what so. And I, I grab all this information manually and then I sit there and I either do copy-paste in Excel or I write things down on a, on a bit of paper um, and I work out, you know, the horse's past three runs and what's its best run and sort of manually come up with a rating for the day. So then I look at that process with that individual and I say, right, every time you are going to the newspaper and you're doing this manually, you can go on a website and they're offering, you know, a free data file for you. There's plenty out there. Like even now Racing uh, Victoria and Racing Western Australia provide the form guides and all that and sectional times for free um, in Excel files and files you can download off their website uh, and show them how to download that information and use a computer to speed up their process because I've got this, this belief that, I'd rather a professional punter um, or individual who's seeking to go to the next level spend an extra two hours analysing the data as opposed to writing things down manually and copy-pasting things in Excel. To me, that's a complete – it is a waste of time because their skill set is understanding the, the – the, they're very good and everyone I've worked with has got their own craft. They're, they're an artist in their own way. They, they know what they're doing. They know what they're looking for, but they're – they're suffering from the the ability to do because they're doing everything manually, and a lot of those manual tasks can be automated. Um, and my approach is to to get out there via Stat Freaks, via Twitter, um, and start to create some tutorials of ways you can do things a lot more efficiently. And then I'm hoping that a lot of individuals will follow that journey and then contact me if they want to go even further and really understand um, how to do things and 
uh, that, that, that's the approach I have at the moment. Um, it's worked for me for the past, you know, two years where I've been helping those kind of individuals. And what brings me a lot of happiness is when I actually see them and they, they say to me, Dave, you know, I used to spend 20 hours a week copying and pasting data in Excel and writing down things out of a newspaper. And you've saved me those 20 hours. I can spend more time. Not only can I prepare for Sydney, I can now do Victoria and South Australia. And to me, that makes me happy. I've achieved my goal. I've, I've helped, um, you know, a professional punter transition from the way things used to occur maybe 10, 15 years ago when there wasn't this technology available into the new generation where they're now using the tools and they're, they're streamlining their process. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really exciting and, and it's, it's, it's a very fun sort of role that I've, I've, uh, I undertake and it, it's, as I said, I meet a lot of good people and, and that's, that's the approach I have at the moment. Typically, how long does that type of transition take and switching over, the, I guess, the more manual process to a, whether it's automated or at least a, a much faster version of that? Um, that's another great question. I suppose it's it's really down to the individual. Like I've I've worked with some individuals, and I'll use you know someone like who my father's era, who was born in the the fifties, the, the mid fifties or the sixties, um, where in school back then they they didn't have Excel and computers and all those kind of things, so they're used to writing everything down manually. So usually I start everyone off in Excel. That's you need to be able to use Microsoft Excel or a spreadsheeting tool to even create a fields list and put your rating that you've written down on your newspaper document into Excel. That there will take about a week or two for someone who's never used a spreadsheet before. Um, and that's usually a set, you know, between two to four hour session in total. And they can pick it up like that. Um, provided that you can log on to a computer and you can open up a file, or you use it for its basics. That's usually session one, um, and that's two to four hours just to do the basics. Then there's to move to the next level, which is the automation. That can take anywhere between a week or two, uh, you know, a couple of two, three-hour sessions each week, how to really automate, even if it's just as simple as formulas in Excel to calculate your own rating. Um, and then obviously there's a lot more advanced things which we, we can which you can venture off into. But generally within a month in total, I can get someone who does not know how to use a spreadsheet and is doing things on a newspaper or a, a bit of paper and transition them onto a, uh, onto a computer. Um, so they're, they're putting things into a spreadsheet and they're also tracking their results on a spreadsheet, which is a very powerful uh, process because if you do that over time, you can quickly go and measure that um, through through the, the data filtering process in Excel or, or summing things together, etc. How much of a focus do you place on making sure the data is clean? And it sounds like if you're downloading from another, from another source, you're relying on their accuracy, their reliability, and I guess if one day they stop providing that, then you've got to get it from another source. So how critical is that whole component? That That, that, that is another fantastic question, Jay. That is... At the very top of the list in if of importance, I'd say it's a ten, because you can't you can't use data unless it's accurate. So 
if I just go back to my corporate experience when I was in logistics, we used to deal with GPS information for trucks, for example, or vehicles that were driving around. And we used to measure the speed of those vehicles. Now, I could not be using – there. you cannot use inaccurate information to measure those kind of things because you're dealing with the safety of individuals and, and obviously the accuracy from a legal perspective. Now, we transition into sports, maybe not so as hardcore, but if you're an, a professional pun and you're investing your hard-earned or trying to make a, a profit, you need accurate information and it needs to be at the top of your list because going into the future, and maybe we might touch on this in the session if we go down, but there are there are ways where there's a lot of buzz talk about Python, R, all these machine learning and predictive buzzwords that are out there. Um, you can't feed rubbish into those systems because they will spit out rubbish. And that's one aspect of it. And obviously, as you mentioned, downloading it from these various sources and in the one day they, they vanish. Um, that's a problem that's going to exist across the globe with any data source unless you capture it yourself um, and create it yourself. So uh, it, it is a challenge, but you just need to ensure the company or the organisation or wherever you're, you're dealing with uh, you, you you need to do your research, you need to trust them and, and ensure they're following their procedures, but also do your own measures and checks um, in, in place and, and, you know, your own sort of auditing on, your, on, on their data and also your data that you're collecting. Um, because over time, if you collect five years of data, you have a couple of hundred thousand lines worth of data that you need to analyse and that, that needs to be as accurate as it can be. Yeah, so let's touch on some of those buzzwords you mentioned with R and Python and some of these things you start to hear now, certainly people coming out of university these days who have done you know, different degrees, whether they've gone into stats or, or other things. How valuable is it to learn some of those things? Do you think there is a, a critical advantage to knowing that and utilizing it properly, or do you think it's still a very top 3 5 7% of people can use it, can use it properly? I'll, I'll put, it to the, put it to you this way. If I scroll back 10 years from now, the key buzzwords back then were analytics, business intelligence. Five years ago, it was big data, data lakes. Last year, it was data scientists. This year, it's Python and R. Next year, there'll be something else we've never heard of. So from my perspective, they're all valid, but they're all buzzwords and heavily used in, in, in the industry of business intelligence, which is what it is uh, at its core, uh, for marketing. Each of one of those components have a purpose. So, you know, Python, it's a coding language. R is a programming language. There's other languages out there that we've never heard of that just probably don't sound as cool. It's an area which I would strongly recommend uh, a lot of individuals who, it is overwhelming when you hear them, but just take a step back and say, right, thing is what I touched on earlier. It's data accuracy. And then if you want to explore machine learning, you've got to be, you've got to have the right data. It's got to be accurate and it's got to be creative in the sense that you have to create your own variables and formulas and measures to feed into these systems. You can't just feed in 
100,000 lines of a starting price from a bookmaker or something like that. You need to have your own variables attached to it as well to get the value out of it. So it can learn and predict something that is not there in the market today. That's where you can find an advantage with these, these tools. Are they critical to learn now? Well, if you're at a level where you're a database expert and you're a programming expert and you know how to use big data and you're comfortable with it and you've got all your processes in place, it is worth exploring into machine learning and, and, and into, you know, Amazon. You can spin up Amazon machine learning instances very cheaply and explore those kind of things. You can do as simple as, you know, classification analysis, all that kind of stuff. Um, but if you're down at the level where you're wanting to transition into just optimising your, 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 your analysis and data collecting and big data, you don't even need to look at those things just yet. So I want to touch on automation automation versus the human element, and I guess we'll start with automation. When you talk to the clients, and they probably vary from, you know, our grandfathers to, you know, people in their 20s who are playing around with all sorts of stuff, what's optimal in terms of automation? Because some people now are talking about entirely automated collection and inputting of the data and then automating the, the model itself, and then even to the point where they might be automating betting and they'll have certain bots or other things where they can potentially sit back on their couch and be drinking a beer and everything's done for them obviously it's a bit of a facetious comment but what do you suggest for the wide spectrum of people that might be looking into what might be automated in their sort of process look it's it's automation is is something which i uh recommend uh heavily in, in anything from the most basic punter to the most advanced um, whether it's as simple as copying files from one folder to another or, you know, having a little program that downloads the files that you're subscribed to from a company or whatever it needs to be, um, that, that is a key aspect because there's only, you know, there's 24 hours in a day and most of us work if you're not a professional and you're a semi-professional, you work eight hours or 10 hours. So you've only got a window of sometimes four to six hours or four hours to really play with data. So you want to automate all those things that are repetitive, um, you know, copying files, processing in data and storing it somewhere. Those things need to be automated. There are tools out there that can do that, even as simple as Windows. Uh, Microsoft Windows has a way of scheduling, you know, jobs where you can move files from one folder to another and execute a task to import data into a database uh, that those things are possible um, and 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 highly recommended um, we've got a on stat freaks we post something up recently if you go to our statfreaks.com.au under the blog section there's five five tools that uh, we've we're, we've listed that you can use today um, that you can you can optimize your, your process it doesn't matter if you're the basic punter or you're advanced or even if you're a small little organization like a you know a bloodstock or a, a trainer who, who manages horses or a jockey and you're trying to improve yourself and you're collecting data these are these are tools that you can use and you can download a lot of them are free um, to, to help optimize what you do um, and automation is as I said it needs to be in the forefront of everyone's mind going forward about automating the processes that you do that are repetitive that can save you time because if you're a form analyst you're no good spending an hour or two copying pasting files that that that's admin task your your profession and your expertise is in the 
analysis of the data and, and finding an edge over the market. It's not in copying files and pasting things into Excel. Um, that needs to be automated. So once someone gets that part of it right, or at least to a level they're comfortable with, what in terms of the human element, what do you see your clients doing? What's optimal or what what are some of the areas that they can then focus some of the spare time that they've got that they've saved on? I touched on earlier, a lot of them, we'll take horse racing, for example. Um, using automation, a lot of them can cut down their hours from, say, preparing for an entire race meeting of analyzing every single runner, getting that down to maybe an hour or two uh, for just, say, a, a, a metro in Sydney um, every week. And that frees them up and they could say, right, the process that I've been doing manually for 10 years or 15 years, it's worked well for them. They're, you know, they found an edge, they're following it. They can then spend that two, three, four hours they've saved by automating and they can focus on Victoria, for example. And they can say, right, does my edge that I have in Sydney apply to Victoria and start learning about some of the, the ed, you know, what's working for them, for them there. And as this process is occurring, two positive things are happening. They're freeing up their time to analyse more, obviously spend time with their family and friends because it's a very important you know, part of life. You've got to be in the right mindset to deal with data and, and this kind of stuff because it can become overwhelming and you do need to take a step back sometimes. And, and you know, most importantly, they're collecting more data and they're expanding, they're growing, they're learning more. You know, they're venturing from one bit of information and intel that they've worked with for 10 years. Now they're in a different state and they're learning new things, finding new things. And, and a lot of professionals, help, I've helped go from one state to two state to Australia-wide just in horse racing where they've got their process down pat for one state, bang, we automate it right down to the point where it's calculating their ratings and formulas in their system for them. So they, instead of doing that manually, we lift and shift the code the logic they have in their in their mind, we can build that into to databases for them. Or if you you know, I've got one of my most recent clients. I've been doing SQL sessions with him, and <laughs> it makes me so happy to see him after four or five weeks. Now he's writing his own SQL code and writing his own database formulas and, and those kind of things. And and that, that that's the beauty of it. That's the journey um, that we I go on with every individual, and and that that's where. There's a huge, huge advantage for the, especially the individual partners. If you can start automating, a lot of the organisations automate, but if you start to automate as an individual, you can go from level to level very quickly. So a lot of people in this space talk about the data that's descriptive versus something that might be predictive. Do you ever work with your clients in that space and help guide them through some of the things they can be doing to sort of identify what might be descriptive versus predictive? Yeah, cool. That's another great question. Um, there's two types of, we'll say, uh, analysis I do. I've done for a lot of individuals and organisations over the past few years. The first is analysing the historical, which is what has occurred, and I'll call it the, the true the true value. You know, using tools, there are tools out there like AWS, machine learning, all those kind of things. You can run through it, and you can get it to now tell you what are the most important. What are the most important variables? And, you know, it can feed back and say, well, based off the data you fed in, you know, the jockeys rated weighted at 30%, you know, speeds weighted at 25%, the trainers rated at 4% of how important it is uh, for those line items. 
then from there, you have a pretty good idea of what you need to put together to start to predict and how to weight them accordingly. And then transitioning from historical actuals to interpret the predictive world. So that, that in that space, it's, it's, it's how we go about it. So to sum up on this topic in this area, what's the minimum amount that you would expect uh, semi-professional or professionals to be doing in a lot of this space and some of the stuff we've already talked about? Is there a, a base standard that they need to have within their arsenal? I would say if you're a semi-professional and professional, you need to be, um, if you aren't already, you need to be mastering the spreadsheet process. That's, that's, that's almost like the, the basic requirement. It's, um, if you can't go past mastering spreadsheets, uh, that's as, as equivalent to like saying, I can jump in my car in the driveway and start it, but I can't drive it out and, and merge onto the freeway in traffic. You, know, you, you need to be able to, to master a spreadsheet because that, that's the visual component to, to, to capturing data. The next stage is if you're at that level as a semi-professional and professional and you've mastered Excel where you can automate via, we call it macro scripts in Excel, which is Excel's got the ability to automate. Instead of clicking through everything, you can automate all the steps and it does it for you. If you can write back pull data out of a database into Excel automatically, not copy-paste. I'm talking about Excel connects directly into the data feed. If you can get to that, if you're at that level at a, at a semi-professional professional, you then need to go to the next level, which is exploring the data visually in a tool like a Power, Power BI. It's a visualization tool, and that's free from Microsoft, and that allows you to explore data visually not in Excel with line by line or some basic charts. It allows you to drag and drop variables and it'll show you a trend over five years of your profit and loss. You need to get to that level where you're visualising your data. And then if you're at that level as well, you need to be capturing your data in a database. That, that's probably the most critical um, as well. You know, as I said before, like the, the garage scenario, your database is your garage. You, you, need, to, you need a database and you need to be putting the data in there in, in tables, clean, accurate data, so you can quickly analyse it for the future. So that, that space, they're probably the, the most critical components at the moment. Uh, what's coming in the future is, is a lot more data. <laughs> Jake, believe it or not, it'll never stop. And <laughs> it's just going to be more and more. It's, you know, if I think five, ten years from now, we, we might have, you know, the temperature of a horse whether it's got a cold, whether it's got a fever, whether it's hot, whether it's you know, all those things will be captured. There'll be the the, the track, the, the the condition of the wind is head on, all those things. That's just data points. They're all going to come. They're all going to come. One day from you know sooner or later. If I look at NBA and what's going on in the states in in those kind of sports with all the GPS and it's absolutely crazy. And that that'll come. It's all coming now. We're starting to see it in AFL in, in Melbourne. Um, it'll come to the racing industry eventually. It'll, it'll be there. And, and the only way we're going to, as a professional or as a, an amateur even, you're going to get through that data is if you're using the tool, you're not going to be able to do that you know, with, with a, a pen and paper. So how does the listener who's very interested in, the, interested in this space, may not do a lot or does some general basic Excel stuff, for example, try and enhance what they're doing? How do they either contact you or is the website a good place to start and get involved and test a few things and go from there? Yes, definitely. So 
Um, there's two ways to contact me. You can go directly to my consulting uh, page, vitsolutions.com.au. Click on the contact. And if you're a, if you're a, an organisation, um, an individual in the racing or sports industry, you, you can just shoot me a message and I, and I can get back to you and just list out your challenge. So one thing as well, you know, a lot of people they feel embarrassed sometimes when they contact. Oh, I don't know how to use Excel or I'm not that great at computer. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You, you just got to throw all that aside, um, and you've just got to contact. You know, make contact and touch base and say, "Hey, I want to learn how to use Excel. I want to. I want to do some of those things you said. I want to be able to put everything in Excel, and I want to look at my bets for the past five years and see where I can improve." Bang! You're on the journey straight away. It, you're, in, you're You've just passed that milestone. You're in an exciting road ahead, and no one's going to judge anyone for it because we all learn from different angles. If you already know how to use a lot of those tools and you want to start exploring data and you want to start playing with that, head to the statfreaks.com.au site. You know, even with the free membership, you, you can sign up there. We've got a, a sample data file that you can play with. We've got some tutorials we're writing how to use Excel to do advanced formulas, filters. Um, over the next 12 months, you know, we'll, we'll bring in some more tutorials and videos how to actually do a lot of things which we've discussed today, which is really automate automate a lot of processes internally at home, whether you work from home or at work, it doesn't really matter. You know, the, the most important thing you see is to, just to reach out and start the journey. It's, it's, it's never too late. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how old you are. You've got to go. You've got to start. I, I force myself all the time when something new comes out. As I mentioned before, next year, there'll be another buzzword in, in, in data. Who knows what it'd be, but <laughs> I've got to force myself to go learn it and, and, and see it. You know, you, you've just got to jump in. That's what it's all about. It's uh, nothing stays the same forever. And it's just there's more and more exciting individuals in the industry than I can count, you know, that are just doing all these great things. There's all these organisations that are, are doing these great tools, angles and looking at things. And you, you've just got to immerse yourself in it and, and don't be afraid. And even I get overwhelmed. I work with data every day. And the best thing is you just take a step back, you reset, you know, you, you do something you really enjoy. Like I might go for a go-kart drive or something like that just to really get away from the screen. And then I come back and, and, and you've got a fresh mind and you can start again. Um, but, yeah, that, that, that is the, the two avenues to contact me. And, and I said, as I said, reach out and, you know, we're, we're here to help. It's funny because it seems like it's still an emerging area in some senses with not necessarily always large-scale adoption in some of this stuff. So it's, it's fascinating in many respects. You spoke about it in often simplified terms you don't hear in other in other areas where it can be very complicated so i do appreciate certainly all your insights on this topic not a problem i'm, I'm glad to have the opportunity to to you know communicate and provide some value back to a lot of people in 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 the industries and and you know let them know that there is there are ways to to out there to to improve and optimize and it's 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 freely available and just for this special podcast as well, um, you know, we, we've put together at StatFreaks a special promo pack for the business of betting listeners. So if they head to the site, uh, statfreaks.com.au forward slash BOB, uh, we've got a, a package there where for one full month access to the, the site for horse racing and greyhounds, uh, you pay the price for a week and, and you, you can play around with our virtual data tables and, and download Excel files and, you know, explore everything you need to explore. Awesome. That's very kind of you. Thank you very much for doing that. 